Hey everyone, it is Audrey here with another episode on Sportive AF. Today we have the beautiful Beatrice Dix Brunel and we talked about so much stuff including how she got started dancing at the School of American Ballet Theatre, the Paris Opera Ballet and American Ballet Theatre School. It is so, so exciting to hear her journey and how much she has evolved. Beatrice also tells us some of her great advice, which honestly resonates so much with me and I feel like will really help all of you guys. So before we get started, don't forget to follow Sportive AF on Instagram and of course Beatrice because her Insta is amazing, all linked below. Okay guys, let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm here today with Beatrice Dix Brunel, first soloist with the Royal Ballet in London, trained at the School of American Ballet and the Paris Opera Ballet. And today we're going to be talking all about how she got where she is today and also just having some fun. Thank you so much, Beatrice, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Oh my God, I feel like it's been forever since we've been finally able to chat actually online. Yeah, it's so true. It's uh, one of those weird Insta Insta stories, really, where yeah. you follow each other's lives and you have little sneak peeks, but then you actually get to meet and talk, and it's you know, it's, yeah, exactly. You, you are exactly you are exactly who you are in your story, so that's always the good thing. Amazing, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are you? So are you? <laughs> How have you been? How's COVID and everything going? Good. You know, it's um, obviously it's been rough rough on the world. <laughs> um, I think London is having a bit of a, London's having a bit of a tough time right now, like a lot of places. Um, we're in tier two, so that means that the Opera House was able to open a nutcracker today. Um, hopefully, you know, we can get more shows in, but we'll, we'll see if we get moved to a tier three, which means that things will have to be a bit stricter. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, all things considered, it's a it's an, just a real privilege to be moving, you know, yeah. to be moving and dancing and and so being in our place of work because mm-hmm. I know so many people are just that's not an option. Yeah. So we're really lucky. Yeah, no, definitely. What's your day been like today? So it's Friday in London, now Friday evening. Yeah. Friday well, night in London. Um I'm actually so I'm not dancing at the moment, um, because I'm still Basically, I had this big back in in you know July August. I had this big inflammatory, multi system inflammatory reaction. Actually, my whole body just kind of went under this inflammation hit, um, and they think it was it, it might have been from COVID. So yeah, it wasn't. It was it was a tough time. Um, just my body really went under this little, this little attack. So, um, I was, I've just been using this time to build my strength back up and start coaching and start rehabbing my body and everything. Um, and just to take my time because it hit me pretty hard. So, uh, but I'm feeling a lot better and and everything. So today I did, um, you know, the, the workouts that I've been doing, which is really been keeping me sane and keeping me fit. Um, because at the moment I'm not, you know, performing, which mm. the company just started performing today. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, today I did my Pilates workout, my okay. gyro workout, uh, a little bit of, a little bit of bar. Um, and yeah, a little bit of gym. 
So love all that. of the good things combined today. Yeah, love that. A good mix yeah. of all of them. And is, yeah. that, is that why you recently took a break off social? Yeah, it was. It was. I, I, you know, I wasn't feeling well at yeah. all and still didn't know what was going on really. And so I think the furthest thing from my mind was Instagram and, and, and stuff. So yeah, it was just a natural, yeah, a natural break. And then once I started feeling better and everything, I was able to just kind of get back out there. Get back out there. <laughs> I'm such a fan because I'm always watching your stories because they're honestly so hilarious. <laughs> so I was like, where has bee sticks gone? <laughs> Yeah, I flew under the radar for a second. She did. But I've come back. Don't worry. She's come back stronger than ever. (laughs) (laughs) And how are you going? Like, how was that time for you? Because I know we did get a lot of questions um, on the Sportive AF Instagram about dealing with injury and even dealing kind of with those really quiet moments of COVID. And I guess that really, for you, must have been a hard time. Was there anything you did that, you know, helped you? get through those times? You know, um, it's, I think for obviously for a lot of people, it's been a real eye opener this whole time because you go from going a hundred miles an hour, you know, at least at the Royal Ballet, we rehearse four different ballets a day. We perform a different one at night. You know, you know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and we love that schedule. We love that rigor. We thrive on it. Obviously it, you know, burns us out sometimes, but that is our bread and butter. Yeah. So to go from doing a Swan Lake, starting a Swan Lake run into absolutely nothing was just a real shock to the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the first few weeks for, well, actually, I should say more than the first few weeks, but the first month at least for everyone was just total readjustment mm-hmm. physically, spatially, and mentally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so many negatives out of COVID, but I think a lot, a lot of positives because you really have to just readjust your attitude, right? You have to readjust your perspective. You have to um, kind of just appreciate your body, appreciate what it does. And also, at least I became a lot more aware of, of the little things of my day, whereas usually I would, you know, glide right over them because I wouldn't have the time. Mm. So... Um, it definitely helped me become much more aware of certain things. And, uh, I think especially when I, you know, went through this, this hard body hit of this, um, this reaction, uh, my, so my brother is in quite a, he's in a really, he's in a rigorous, um, job as well. He's a film and TV composer Oh wow! Uh, in LA for Hans Zimmer. So he has a really, he has a really stressful, tense job. Yeah. Um, but he's a, he's a big meditator and I've never meditated before. I've always thought, Oh, I really need to do that. I feel like it's something (laughs) that really helped me. Um, then I'm thinking to myself, how can you actually, I mean, I can't imagine my head shutting off and my brain shutting down for, for that long, you know? So I thought this is how can, I don't know if this is for me, but he actually got me a subscription to, um, to a meditation app. It was oh, really yeah. sweet of him. And, you know, I started meditating in the mornings um, and because I had the time. Yeah. You know, usually don't really have the time. You're just, you just go, go, go. Yeah. But it's given me this little pocket in the morning of kind of 
being, I know the word mindfulness is thrown around a lot these days, but just having a second to see how my body's feeling, um, just understand what I'm going to be doing that day and have a moment for myself. Um, And just, I know you think there's no way I'm going to be able to clear my head. I'm telling you guys, it is possible. Possible. It is possible. You get that app and you do it. Yes, literally. What app is that? It's Waking Up um, with Sam Harris. Oh my God, I'm going to download it now. Yeah, it's good. So bad because every time I like, I'll meditate, but then I won't do it for like two weeks. Like I'll meditate. I know it's consistency, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's creating that habit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good one. And do you think that helped you kind of keep sane during that time? Yeah, I think that's definitely something that, that helps just keep an even, an even cool. Um, but also, uh, I think, I know it's, it was so, it's been, it was so difficult to do class at home. So yeah. difficult to do workouts at home mm-hmm. in your living room and your kitchen and your bedroom, whatever it was. I mean, really tough and not only spatially, but also you just think, my gosh, usually I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm doing this combination, whatever combination it is. Usually I'm doing this with a lot of, you know, confidence and yes. I can feel my muscles working. And then all of a sudden you're thrown upside down mm. and put in a different atmosphere and environment. And you just think in a day or something, you're like, okay, well, that's it. My technique is gone or this is gone or yeah. I can't, I can't, you know, I don't feel nearly as good as, as how I would feel if I were in my natural space, if I had my, you know, my, my usual spot at the bar or my yeah. usual spot in the center. Yeah. And, but I think teaching that, you know, teaching yourself to go through the motions as mm-hmm. well. It was, a, it's a fight. You had to just teach yourself to go through the motions, go through the workouts and always come out. I always felt that, you know, there's some days where you just didn't want to do it. Right. Where you yeah. thought this isn't worth it. How, it, I don't know what's coming up next. Yeah. I don't know if that's worth it. But you know that extra little push. That's always a dancer's thing, I think. Yeah. That extra little end, that extra little push. You always know that it it's it's there. It's worth it. It pays so off. True. So true. So. And like you always feel better just like doing your class and doing a workout. Like always. It's just like one of those things where it's like it's like short term gratification of just stopping or long term you know, gratification and like, then you see results and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's not, that doesn't even apply just to, you know, athletes. Mm. It applies to anyone in any field. It's just that, that tiny little hump before you just, you know, you, you dip your toes in the water and then, and then you're okay. But I think everyone faced that pretty frequently. Oh yeah. Over the past definitely. And like, also like not having the energy of like, like for you, like the company members around you and like, yeah, like literally just yourself. Like, yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's, that was one thing that I found pretty emotional actually mm-hmm. watching our zoom classes and everything, because it really just highlighted the fact that we are, we have our pod, you know, the Royal, every, I think every company has its little pod. Yeah. So we had our pod and you could see everyone in their little box on the screen in whatever little tiny space they were confined to. And it was such, uh, it, it just, it made you 
really appreciate and honor human beings. Mm. I know that sounds really big, but in a way you think, my goodness, here's a species of, you know, of uh, dancers are creatures, right? Who are so used to routine and so used to being in their bubble. Yeah. And all of a sudden we are thrown as far away from our bubble as possible. You know, work from home, quote unquote, is just not an option for us. However, we all made it happen all around the world. We all made it happen. And seeing that every day, that camaraderie, even, you know, even through a, through a screen was so incredible. So special. Mm, I, I totally agree. We're going to now get into your childhood and training. Can you tell me a little bit about your childhood and school life as I feel like you have a really interesting path that led you into the Royal Ballet? Yeah, so I had a, I had a bit of an unorthodox um, path to, to you know, get to, to where I am. Um, so I started at the School of American Ballet when I was seven. Wow. Um, and my first teacher actually there was this very, very old uh, Russian woman. Her name was Madame Dudin. She had a stick. It was, it was so not what you would, you know, yeah. picture as being your, you know, your, your first teacher, um, <laughs> you know, at the School of American Ballet. Um, but she was, I will never forget her because she was just a, a, a classic ballet teacher really going through from the beginning, just basics basics and and no affectations no nothing it was all just simple ballet that's what we were learning and um one of the things that i am so appreciative of from my uh my time at sav when i was uh, a youngster because i was there, i was there for five years when i was when i was young yeah. was the fact that the most i think the most valuable part of that was being thrown into all of these um uh, ballets with New York City Ballet on stage. So we were performing from the get-go. I think, uh, you know, George Balanchine took huge care in creating roles for children yeah. um, in a lot of his ballets. And not only creating beautiful choreography and beautiful, yeah. um, beautiful scenes for specifically for the kids, but also the costumes were by Karinska and they were these wow. beautiful, beautiful costumes that you know you can that's what you dream of of doing and wearing when you're when you're a young like a baby a baby um so you know i i was performing in every single children's ballet that um that was being performed at uh, lincoln center and um i think that is where i fell in love with with dance that's where i fell in love with ballet um and where i why I decided I wanted to dance was because I think I felt most at home on stage. So I was super lucky because a lot of, sometimes, you know, you don't get to perform until much later in your life because that's just the way, you know, your trajectory is. But I was really lucky in that respect. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. 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 So that was, that has served me from day one, I think. That's so, and did you feel like when you were young, seven, did you really feel that connection straight away, like with all the rehearsals and like performing? And did you really love the aspect of performing the most? Yeah, I think that's one thing for sure that 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 took me yeah. was 
performance aspect of it. Um, and the whole process of getting there because I've always loved this bustle of behind the scenes. Yeah. I think it is so interesting, especially when you're young and you're working with a company, yeah. you see the ins and outs and the intricacies of the older dancers. And you think, Oh my gosh, you know, I would love to be in that position one day. I would love to, you know, it's, it's not even just looking at them learning choreography. It's literally watching them put their shoes on and talk to each other and have this, this real sense of family. Um, and so I think for me, seeing the process of going from studio to stage as a youngster, but also watching uh, the, the professionals do it is what excited me. Yeah, wow. And after that, you then went to Paris Opera, right? I did, yeah. And was that straight after? How did how did that come about? <laughs> so this is this is interesting. I actually I was watching um, a documentary uh-huh. on Paris Opera Ballet School. Oh, I've, I've um, seen that one. You've the, definitely seen it. A hundred percent. Yeah, it was like every, everyone, you know, it's something that everyone has, I think every, uh, most dancers have seen. the it. one on YouTube, was it? Yeah, you can, you can see it on YouTube, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so um, good. So I was watching that documentary and um, I thought I just, there was something to me that felt so exquisitely foreign and elegant and beautiful about the whole process of training there and the school um the the teaching the philosophy uh and also i think that the beauty of the ballet that i was seeing as well you know the technique and the the quality um and i think you know french school has a specific style that's that's quite it's you can you can see it you can spot it yes and so i saw that and i thought to myself oh my goodness this is I feel like this is my next, this feels like my next step. This is what I, this is where I really want to, you know, I want to try going here. Um, And I think I was 11 at the time. And I said to my parents, I said, I really want to audition here. And they, they thought I was, they thought I was crazy because it's, you know, it's a real long shot. I don't, I didn't speak any French. I had zero connection. Um, But I thought, you know, this why is not? <laughs> why not? And so I, I begged, I begged my parents because I come from a really academic family. So mm. from a young age, right. and this is something that I, you know we can touch on later, but something yeah. really important to me. Um, academics always came first, and then whatever hobbies my brother and I were doing were always secondary. So right. that was always ingrained in us. So that was something that w- they were, you know, they were Boys. thinking in the back of their mind. Um, but anyway, um, I went to audition. My my parents let me go and audition. I, I we traveled to Paris. Um, oh. I got to the school that I had seen on the that on the video, <laughs> and um, it was a group of 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 us. It was it was kind of kind of a large group of us, um, mixed mixed ages, right. and. They took us backstage. I was the only foreigner. They took us back, you know, at the school. They have a stage downstairs, and yeah. it's a it's a raked stage. And I, well, that was the first time I had ever known what a raked stage oh was, so God. I was thrown a bit. Yeah. Um, but we had this whole class uh, with, you know, a panel of judges and teachers, and 
Um, and I was, I think the thing is that I went there expecting nothing. I just wanted to go and have a taste of it and, and just experience that. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting anything. I just had a really good time. Didn't understand anything. Luckily, <laughs> ballet is a, it's a universal language. Yes. Other than that, I was totally, you know, in the dark. Like, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening? Um, but I finished the audition. We were all waiting in a room and, um, they called my name and I didn't understand that they had said, they called my name and another girl's name. I thought they were taking attendance. So I like raised my hand. They're like, they're like, Oh no, you, you got in. So, oh my God. so it was a moment of just, I was in absolute shock. And the girl that I got in with actually was, she's now in a 12. Um, she was, <laughs> she was three years older than me. And, um, oh my God. it was just a really, it was, it was a, it was a moment. I think, you know, yeah. we all have these little moments and memories yes. and this was a, a pocket that was just un, unreal. And we got taken to the director's office who was, it was Elizabeth Platell at the time. Oh, this really? was her first, her first year. Oh, wow. Um, and she said, you know, that she wanted to offer me a spot. And, um, and she said, I know this is a really big decision. So yeah. you need to take some time to think about this, but this is your spot. You're like, I'll so, take <laughs> uh, Yeah. Well, I wanted, I definitely wanted to say it on the spot, but I knew that, you know, I ha- had a few things to, <laughs> yeah. to go over before I could, before yeah. I could do that. Um, so, so we flew back home and I was faced with a big decision. But one of the first things I did was I asked, um, one of my teachers at SAB at the time was Peter mm. Bull, who's the director of Pacific North, Northwest Ballet. Yeah. He was still a principal with New York City Ballet at the time. And he was also teaching in the school. Oh, nice. And um, I said to him, look, I went to audition for Paris Opera. I got in. What do you think I should do? He said, take it. He said, you should go. In my, you know, in my career, in my training, some of the best experience and uh, moments that I had was when I was in Europe. Yeah. So he said, I think you should go. It's an, it's an amazing opportunity. And I just, I think that was such a wonderful, you know, coming from a teacher from the school yeah. that I was at for him to, it was so open and honest and candid and definitely, and it came from the heart. And so, yeah, I was faced with this decision, spoke to my family, begged, begged my parents because they were you know, I was in a very rigorous academic school, which was basically from the age of five to wow. 17, 18. That's, it's an all, it was an all-girls school. It was really intense. They wanted to make sure that I was going to be keep, keeping up with my studies while I was away because academics were going to be in French. Wow. And, um, you know, I think they knew that I was going to be gaining a big cultural experience mm. and a language and there was more to gain than to lose. So they let exactly. me. Exactly. And I, going back to kind of, you know, your audition at Paris Opera, I feel like that's almost advice in itself, like not putting an expectation on it. Like I absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like the way like you talked about it, you were just having fun. You were enjoying yourself. You were learning and you weren't necessarily thinking about, Oh my God, I have to get in. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't. Yeah. I think I went into it with my eyes very open, but with just, just elation in the fact that I was there, you know, just happy to be there and happy to be experiencing and seeing something new and different. 
Yeah. And it turned out in my favor, which is great. But sometimes it, you know, it can go either way, but the experience is everything. Exactly. And at least like, if it didn't happen, then at least you would have had fun and, you know, gained experiences and absolutely all of that. But did you find like going to Paris Opera and auditioning, you would have been fully like Balanchine, right? No. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to dispel that whole, that myth. Yeah. Um, I think, so I was there for five years and I, I was there. Yeah. I was there from seven to, to 12 when I went to, I went to Paris Opera when I was 12. And in that time, they are, te- they're, you know, you're learning the fundamentals of ballet. So you're, it's not, it's, at, at least when I was there, you know, yeah. that, was a, that was a while ago, when I was there at, the time, at that time, we, it was not one style, it wasn't one, you know, specific way of, of doing everything. We were yeah. learning ballet. Yeah. We were learning a basic and, and a basis and our foundation, we were laying our foundation for ballet. Yeah. And so that was that, you know, laid my foundation then for going into um, Paris opera yeah. and which is, you know, completely classical. Yes. And, but I came in classical. So yeah. it actually wasn't, you know, I, I don't know how it is now, but when I was there, it wasn't, um, that that wasn't the way for, for the youngsters. So. Yeah. Well, that's good because so many people were like, how did you go from Balanchine to Paris Opera? But no, it was actually a pretty seamless transition. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That works perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when you, what was your experience like at Paris Opera? How was it? And, you know, what was the culture like? Tell me, tell me all of that. So it actually, it exceeded my expectations. Really? This is one of those things where you see it, you see it in the documentary. Yeah. It's like this faraway land. It's yeah. so, it's so foreign. It's really? untouchable. Yeah. You get there. I got there and it was everything that I had hoped for. It oh was really a beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, it was very tough in the beginning. Obviously I didn't, I was the only foreigner. I didn't speak any French um all of the girls had you know been there since they were seven you know six seven um and I was kind of plopped in the middle of this new brand new world I had to find my way in the academic situation because it was all in French as well so I that took time that would have been hard and then uh ballet was fine because I knew you know that's obviously that's what what I was (laughs) that's what I was going for (laughs) um but we had our, our teacher was uh, Elizabeth Morin. It was her first, she had just retired um, from being an Etoile. So we were her first class. Oh, that was a really, a really nice thing because yeah. I felt like I was going into this new just as my teacher was. Mm, um, that's nice. And I performed with the company and, you know, in Bayadere. I did all of the school's demonstrations on, at the, you know, at oh, Garnier. Wow. Um, I warmed up in the gilded foyer oh, in, the back, in the back of Garnier. It was so unreal. Every, every moment was unreal. Really? Uh, yeah. And it was also a new system of doing things school-wise because um, it was – Basically, you are, you're, they give you grades. They give you grades. They give you places. They rank you in the class. 
it was a completely new way of doing things that I had never seen before. Um, but obviously they're used to because that's part of their system. And, um, and also, so I thought that was, you know, that was really cool. Very interesting um, to experience. And about that, because I know that they do the ranking system. Did you find extra pressure or did you find it almost insightful to know where you stood? You know, I actually didn't, I didn't think of it as extra pressure and I thought of it as more of a more because within the rankings, they also, you get a, you get like a a report card where they give you a grade and then they give you all of the stuff that you need to improve and all the stuff that you do well. So it was really, it was very introspective. You really, you have to work on yourself and it's a, it's a private moment to have it in writing. I think usually you don't have that stuff in writing from a teacher, you know, in a dance school. So it was a really positive uh, and interesting way to, you know, watch your progression throughout the year. And another thing that I loved was that it was typically, it's, um, typically it's a, it's a, it's a boarding school and they go, go home on the weekends. Um, So one of the great things was that it was parent free. It was just the kids, you know, you you are, you are where you are based on your talent. So true. And it was a separation. The parents were there only to pick their kids up on the weekend. And I thought that was really liberating. I thought that was a really uh, nice aspect of it that I hadn't experienced. No dance moms. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) We don't do that. (laughs) Now, after that, how, when did you leave Paris Opera and what were you doing kind of in your teenage years? Yeah, so I, um, I got offered a full scholarship halfway through the year and I went from being a paying student to being totally in, incorporated into their, into their school, which is not usually what happens with foreigners. Yeah. So that was a really wonderful opportunity for me. And I had a really successful, happy year there. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I ended my year on a high. I was still a baby. I was 13. Mm. And if I was going to stay, because I was there with my mom and my brother. They, they wow. were with me the whole year. Oh, nice. um, my dad had to stay in, in the States and, and, and work. Mm. Um, so if I was going to stay, I was going to have to stay alone because mm. my brother, what they were holding his you know, his academic school position and he needed to go back. My mom needed to, you know, continue working. And I was faced with staying alone and not having anywhere to go on the weekend and just being far from home at a very young age. Yeah. So that worried me. And I was also really missing my academic life. Yeah. The rigors of of the school were, were not as much as I was used to. And they were holding my place in my school as well the year, the year. I think what drew me back was this, um, was this, you know, want to continue my academic life and, um, and not to be alone, even though I would have given a lot, I would have given everything to stay because it was just, it was a great experience. But in the end, you know, my family and I decided that the best thing was for me to go home. So um, I went home, went back to my ac- academic school, yeah. um, and I did actually I did a year at um, at ABT school. Oh wow! Um, 
Um, and alongside that, I started working just with my, it was like, a, I wanted it somehow I wanted a continuation of my French training. Yeah. Um, and so I started training with this teacher, Fabrice Herold uh, in New yeah. York, who, yeah. um, who was, you know, a fundamental part of my, my, my teen years, wow. my training in my teen years. Um, so I did that uh, for a year and then came Morphosis. Oh, wow. That's when I met Chris. So I met Chris when I was 14. Um, I actually just saw a flyer up saying that Christopher Wielden was, he was creating his new company and he wow. was looking for some dancers for his corps de ballet. I was young, I was 14, but I thought this is really cool. Yeah. This yeah. is really cool. Like, you know, I haven't had a chance to work with a proper choreographer before. And you'd you know? be performing. And I'd be performing, exactly. Yeah. Um, I could continue with that because I performed a lot when I was in Paris. I performed mm. with the company I was in when I was in Paris. I thought, you know what? I went into it again of having zero expectations, just thinking this is an audition, another audition process. Why don't I try this out? I don't know my, I don't know the environment, but I have nothing to lose. Literally, what's the worst thing that can happen? Exactly. That's the thing. You get a no? Okay, whatever. You move on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I went, I was 14. Everyone else was in their late 20s and, yeah. and, and up. And... Um, Chris was there and he kind of gave us a little section of choreography to learn. And I got the job. I got the job. And that was the beginning of, you know, of that, that morphosis. Yeah. Period, oh my God. Which was incredible. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And during, during your teen years, now we get a lot of questions from, you know, young adults yes. about talking about how they deal with, you know, that change in the body and, even even mental side of things because that's kind of the time when you know your hormones everything's just like oh, yeah. changing did you have a time where you kind of had to go through that and what was your experience yeah you know i think that's a really important question and it's such a tough one it's mm. a really tough one yeah. because it touches on a lot of parts of growing up within a very uh a very it's a difficult environment Definitely. right the dance world is a difficult environment not just physically yeah um mentally yeah uh it's 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 draining and it takes a lot not just when you're 14 15 16 17 also when you're past your 20s past your 30s yeah. it is always tough mm. and you are pretty much growing up within this bubble of what you see around you, what you see online, what you see in performances, but that doesn't stop there. You know, that growing up process does not, it's not just a pocket in your teen years. Yes. That growing up stuff also comes back again when you join a company, for example, yeah. or when you get your first job, regardless of ballet, no yeah. matter what you're doing, you are constantly having these pockets of, figuring out who you are and figuring your body out in different environments yeah. in different times in your own body progression yeah. in your own growth your own hormone it's 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 really it's really tough yeah. um but i think one of the things that i think dancers do a lot is that we we fight things a lot right we fight our bodies a lot we we fight you know, our heads a lot because you can be feeling exhausted, but you got to fight, got to push through. 
um, we're, we're fighting for spaces, right? Yes. We're fighting for yes. positions in a school or in a company. You're constantly fighting. And I think with body situations and with seeing changes in, in the way your body looks or that your body feels, you just, you can't fight those moments. You know, you have to just, I know it's so much easier said than done, really. But you have to kind of take a step back, understand that this is happening to this, even if it's not happening now, it happened or it will happen to everyone else, including the people that you look up to. There is no way they didn't get to where they are without having a moment exactly like what you're going through. Yeah. And these things are, you have to just, you have to learn to navigate them with blinders on. You have to just, it is so hard because we're naked all day, right? We're naked in a studio with mirrors, comparing ourselves to people, trying to get to a place that we want so badly. It's a one track Mm -hmm. mind, but you just need to kind of, understand where you are, understand where you want to go and understand that there will be major dips and this, whatever part you're going through is a dip, Mm. but you have to work with your body, know what to improve. No, you know, you understand through time what you improve, what you want to improve, what you like, what you don't like, but this is your body. This is your gift. This is your tool. And it's just important to, to not, fight your head and your body and um and and remember that everyone has those moments but i think also and this might not sound like it has to do with body image yeah but i think it really does yeah is this understanding and also remembering that it is so important to have other factors in your life and other passions in your life outside of this huge passion, which is taking up the majority of your space and time, yeah, which is understandable because every person in an elite field has to dedicate their time to it. Definitely. But the balance, the the balance, which is so difficult to achieve, no matter where you, what stage you are in your life, mm. there are you know intellectual curiosities and passions and and other forms that you need to explore in order to get your perspective, keep your perspective in check. Because a lot of the time we can lose our perspective. It's very, very easy for that to happen. And it's understandable. We all get there. Um, But I think having the understanding that there is also a world outside of your bubble is super, super important to know that, you know, maybe your body isn't looking or feeling its best, but hang on. Yes. It's okay. Yeah. You know, I completely agree. This is just a bump. It is a bump in the road, but yes. there's a lot out there and you are, you, you have so many wonderful qualities that it's not, you're not the sum of just how your body looks, you know? So, and I think that's something to really, to really remember. But like I said, so much easier said than done. And always, I reiterate, always experience is everything yeah and you when you go through those moments they are this is part of your experience and i think one thing that young dancers and well you learn through time but a lot of young dancers i think they see these things these injuries or body changes 
as failures. Mm. You know, they see them as, uh, as, you know, I'm not good enough or, or I, I failed in this respect, but it is not that at all. Right. All these little moments are just opportunities for you to see who you are Mm. and how you come out of them. Because this, this is, this is character building, right? These, these little moments of weakness, these little moments of not feeling yourself. If you, you can take two ways, you can either flourish through them and, and come out a a different person and learn a lot, or you can fall and let it, let it define you. But these things are not failures. And I think that's such an important thing to think, especially with injuries too. They're not failures. They're just, they're just little moments and opportunities to, to improve. That is such amazing advice. Honestly, like all of that is so helpful for literally anybody like dancer Mm -hmm. or no dancer. And the point you made at the start about like, it's not necessarily just young teenagers that go through it. It could also be an adult. It honestly could be any person absolutely absolutely which I you know I realized but I haven't really thought about that as well and that's just so true don't necessarily need to be changing physically it could be a huge mental change yeah yeah and I think whatever environment you're in you obviously have to adapt and evolve and you will you literally you grow up in whatever place you're in yeah you have a, a a period of growing up and understanding and you know like I said this pertains particularly to dance when you join a company you know yeah. if you join a company you're gonna face a whole new period of growing up again yeah you know I also love where you said it's almost like adding more tools to your toolbox so rather than just exactly. doing ballet also you know have those other interests outside of dance I think yeah well and you said it may or may not affect body image but I think it really does because then you're not just holding your whole self-worth over kind of what you exactly. look like. And because ballet is such a physical thing, but having all those other things really does give yourself more worth as in yeah. you feel more knowledgeable. Or- Absolutely. You know, you, like I said, you're not the sum of how you look, right? You have a brain, you have a, a heart and a, and, a, and a lot of passions. And I think Ballet does so many wonderful things for, for, for a young person. They give you a set of life skills and discipline and passion and love and drive for what you do. But that nourishes one side of yourself. Mm. And there's a whole other side that can get, you know, it can get left out along the way. And you have to constantly remember to, I know this sounds silly, but it's like watering. You have to water that plant. Yes, it's true. It will, it's true. It needs to be, it's like there are little other muscles that need to be activated and worked outside of your dance life to keep you fully understanding, you know, what's in front of you. Definitely. Like you don't want those plants to die because, no, you know, <laughs> you don't. We don't want any plants to die here. Guys, we want full blossoming beauty. Yes. We want thriving plants. <laughs> now going into company life a little bit. How, yeah. how was that first year of joining Royal? It was, um, it was a, an absolute whirlwind. It, yes. was, it was amazing. It was, it was amazing. Uh, you know, I was, I was coming in as an outsider, uh, you know, because I didn't, I didn't go to the Royal Valley School. Um, 
But so obviously I was joining a group of older dancers actually yeah. when I, I, I was 17 when I joined and the company was a lot older than mm. the age wise. They were a lot older yeah. um, when I joined. And so I obviously went in with a lot of performance experience, which was great for me because yeah. when you join the company, it's especially a company like Royal, you are dancing. Oh, you are dancing, dancing. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for the women, for the women, at least, I think it can be sometimes, you know, different for the men. So I was juggling 10 hour days with also finishing my last year of academic school um, on Skype, which my academic school in New York was letting me do on Skype so that I could graduate with my class at the end. So I was doing, you know, I was juggling, um, a busy schedule, yeah. but it was, it was pretty much right away thrown into this incredible experience of what the Royal Ballet is. And that is a company that is steeped in this tradition of storytelling, uh, such a, just like a rich history of acting and performance acting. And obviously the, the, the beauty of the Royal Ballet style and yeah. I was lucky to be thrown into all those Macmillan ballets right away. And, and it was learning on the job. That's how I would describe it. Learning on the job, learning how to act and interact and, and immerse yourself in scenes and be part of, remember that you have to constantly be part of the group and part of the whole, the whole stage. You have to use the whole stage and you have to use everybody around you. And you know, it's like joining a family. It's really yeah. like joining a family. Wow. So, that does yeah. sound like a whirlwind with the academics. It, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a lot, but, you know. Definitely yeah. worth it. <laughs> it. Definitely worth it. it definite, definitely worth it, yeah. And you were promoted to soloist just two years in the yeah. company, right? That's insane. How did you feel when you were like promoted to soloist? It was, it, it was a really, it was another moment in my, moment. definitely another moment in my career. Yeah. You know, it, it went for, I went from doing all, all of the quarter ballet roles in, in every ballet. And then by chance, you know, a dance, I was covering a principal role. And I started being, you know, I started covering little soloist roles here and there. Wow. And then I started covering principal roles and, and then a dancer got injured and I was thrown into the ballet with three weeks preparation oh my God. Um, in the principal role. And it was a full length ballet. It was Alice. And yep. that was my, that was my big break in a way. Yeah. Yeah, that was my big break. And then right after that, came um the prince of the pagodas i was covering princess rose again it was one of those situations of just being so happy to be there yeah just so happy to be in the room yes. let alone anything happening yeah and then um wow two dancers got injured and i was put forth to do the role and i had three days before the um before our, our full studio run wow and because i was doing a million other um core roles and other ballets that we were doing at the time, I hadn't been to any rehearsals. So I had to ask for the DVD and learn pretty much the whole ballet because I had been to bits and pieces of these principal rehearsals, but not very much. So I had to learn the whole ballet at home, come in on Monday, learn the whole ballet with my partner and then have a full studio call on Wednesday. 
Oh, my. so it was two big, really, really big breaks. Yeah. And then when I got my promotion after it, you know, it was, it felt like just, it was just a, it felt like I, my, my efforts were, were yeah. noticed and validated. So it was yeah, really like the great. hard work paid off. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Okay, Beatrice, it has been such an amazing interview so far. And honestly, I wish we could go all day, truly. But I checked the time and we've already been recording for an hour. So for the final question, I love to ask all of my guests, what makes you feel most confident in your own skin? Very good question. Um, I think I feel my best. I feel most at home when I'm on stage, when I'm performing. Um, And I think that that's been that way since I was seven. Yeah. Um, if it's not related to work, then I think I feel most confident in my own skin when I'm laughing. Yeah, I love that. That's my best comfort. It's my best release. Uh, I'd say, yeah, I'd say the laughter. That's so beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much, Beatrice, and thank you for coming on today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I really, really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Beatrice is such a beautiful person inside and out, and I really hope you took something away from this. Don't forget to follow all of us on Instagram. All the links are down below, and please share it and tell your friends if you found this insightful. Thank you guys so, so much, and have a great day. Lots of love, Audrey.